0: special one. It. It's moving. Oh, God, not this again.
1: Uh, morning, Sheriff. You might want to get down here. There's, a Well, Mrs. Green says she's found another body.
0: Oh, son of a... Ugh.
1: Oh, and, uh, we still need some coffee filters? Uh, unless you don't want coffee today.
0: Wayne, listen. Forget the damn filters. Tell me about the body. It's a little more important right now. So Does that mean... You don't want coffee. For some reason I don't pity you at all. You feeling better, Crow?
1: It seems to be settling. It's the oddest thing. I haven't felt anything like that since the incident with the psychic twins in Nebraska. Glad to hear
0: it because you're coming with me.
1: Wait, Dr. Crow, before you go. I just... I haven't even had my bloody cup of coffee. You have to be kidding. I don't know how I get without coffee. I'll end up murdered. Go on. Never mind. Jacob has to talk to you, Dr. Crow, about uh Jake Jake, you want to help me out here?
2: Here we are. Coffee to go.
1: Where'd Jacob go? Ah, you know me well, Deidre. No cream, no sugar. Very good. And you add the whiskey. <laughs> this
0: town does have its perks. Come on, Doc. Let's wake up Pete. Sounds like we're gonna need him.
1: Mm, he's out cold.
0: Well, let's lift him up then. Look, you grab an arm. Jimmy, come on, help help us out here.
1: You can't be stupid.
0: Look, well, come on, Crowley can't leave him
1: here. Deidre, did I thank you for the coffee? Tidre? Where is everyone going to? I'm here. Well, you're useless. Ah, but wait until I tell you about... Bro, Rose. come on! Jimmy, leave the man be. But, uh, come on...
0: Yes, yes, I'm coming. Ugh. Ow. Jesus, Pete, we're going to have to get you a treadmill for the office. Oh, Jesus. Sheriff? Hello? You're still there?
1: And that was a delectable taste of what is, in my opinion, the most exciting and thrilling new audio series being produced right now, Wormwood. Wormwood is a serialized occult mystery story about the curmudgeonly Dr. Xander Crow and his journey to the small town of Wormwood in search of a missing dead woman. Uh, Which, as small towns and mystery stories tend to do, it features more than just one dead woman and more darkness and secrets than anyone cares to admit. And you heard it here on Radio Drama Revival. This is the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here are your news, reviews, discussion, and, of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. Uh, happy, happy new year and happy anniversary to Radio Drama Revival. The show's, well. Eh, we're not quite a year old as far as the podcasts go, but I just realized the blog itself has been going since mid-December of last year, so in the best way imaginable to celebrate, I am going to feature new, exciting and shocking audio theater for the remainder of the month of January. Uh, today we have the producers of the show, Wormwood, on the phone. I would love to share more of this excellent show with you here, but it runs for 24 episodes at 30 minutes apiece, so I figured you get most of uh, most value out of it if you just checked it out for yourself at www.wormwoodshow.com I guarantee you will get as hooked as I am and find yourself quite excitedly waiting every week for the next episode currently it's in the uh, thrilling throes of their first season finale right now uh, but for now uh, enjoy learning about the uh, these LA film producers that have turned audio dramatists and the turn their lives have taken now that they have uh, started creating this boldly original and excellent audio series hope you enjoy uh, I had a chance to have a very special uh, Opportunity to speak with the creators of the show Wormwood. We have the executive producers uh, David Acampo, Jeremy Rogers, and one of the cast, uh, Rob Greenlinger, or Rob G. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Well, uh, nice uh, be, thanks. Alex. Nice to be on. One thing I've uh, been telling people is that uh, you know what you're doing is is pretty unique. Of course, it's very common. Um, you know, as far as um, maybe in your area in L.A., they've got many more uh, types of these shows people want to do, but for television, not for um, audio theater. And I think you've brought a lot of those elements to audio theater, which is really cool. Uh, But in case people have uh, regrettably not experienced Wormwood yet at WormwoodShow.com, why don't you just uh, introduce Wormwood and what uh, the show's all about? Uh,
2: All right. Well, Wormwood is uh, subtitled A Serialized Mystery, our, our goal was to create, um, you know, a serialized drama that kind of featured all the cool things that we like. So it's it, it's an occult mystery, uh, lots of creepy horror stuff. It, it basically comes a lot for, uh, from my interest in shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or or Twin Peaks. And uh, you know, we 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 thought we that audio drama would be a great way to do it.
1: Excellent. And uh, what? Why? Uh, where what was your experience with audio drama?
2: Um, Well, uh, for me, I had had listened to some stuff growing up, but not that much. Um, My parents used to listen to Prairie Home Companion all the time, stuff like that. Um, uh, But I worked a graveyard shift with Jeremy at a dot-com company, and I started finding these uh, shows on the web, and I would listen to them through the night. (laughs) (laughs) And I became really interested in it at that point. Um, And I think, uh, Jeremy, you have – well, you can tell me your experience with it (laughs) – but yeah, I I, you know, I grew up listening to you know the old like like horror shows, you know Hermit's Cave and Inner Sanctum things like that. Uh, I hadn't listened to them in a while, and um, they would blast these things. You know, at three o'clock in the morning. We were working the job together and got caught back up in it. But honestly, I I didn't follow it for quite some time until until he brought it up again to to be yeah. a show in that format. Interesting. And and the, the reason I brought up the show is that. We had just come off of making a couple short films, and where where I would sit there and wait impatiently as it took three hours to light a set, and then that would end up being fifteen seconds of film. Right. And and I think I pitched to Jeremy. I said, "What if we just got rid of the video altogether? What if we just, you know, we're writers first and foremost, and and we we felt like this was a very pure form of storytelling, mm-hmm. and so we we came to it thinking, okay, uh, what if we just go back to this classic idea, but we use the podcast technology to." get it out there. You know, how, how could we do that? And, then, and you know, and that was nice, too, because, you know, for, for the first time in, in, in quite some time, we didn't have to worry about budget or any sort of resources we'd have to pull together. We weren't restrained by, by anything. So, yeah, because so we could do all what it. what we, we wanted. Exactly right. wanted. Awesome. <laughs> we could have the biggest special effects budget, and all it was was you know, so a few sound effects here and there, and <laughs> yeah, some good yeah. storytelling.
1: And I, I think you've definitely nailed it with what uh, is excellent about audio theater. And another thing, I think, uh, I think I recall from uh, a the National Audio Theater Festival, people were talking about uh, you know, sort of that crossover and how exciting it is, or how exciting it could be to uh, bring things to audio instead of or um, before it ever got. To another medium, and here you are—you guys are doing that, and I think that's uh, one of the most exciting things about it. Um, and you've also pulled it off so well um, with the story of Wormwood. Um, and just for one other second, uh, Rob, did you have you ever acted any uh, this kind of uh, work before?
0: Actually, yes. I mean, I've been a fan of the old-time radio dramas and mysteries since the early '70s. Uh, when I was in college, we somebody found an old one of those huge discs. Uh, that the old radio shows used to be on. They were like huge records, and it was a shadow episode. Uh. And I fell in love with it listening to it then, so I uh, wrote my own script, did my own sound effects... Everything else like that. I was the voice of the shadow at the time. And uh, the way I got the echo effect was I was talking into a paper cup uh, into the microphone. I mean, that's how cheap the effects were. But uh, no, I've, I've been a collector of the old-time radio shows for years. I've got several hundred episodes of all the different shows. I always wanted to do this. I've done voiceover work before, but mm. nothing... Quite like this, where it was just audio. I've done, like I said, you know, voiceovers and what we call ADR work for films and TV. But I'd never done anything just for, you know, the well, radio in this case now, uh, computer medium. And uh, I just jumped at the opportunity when these guys presented it, because, like I said, it's something I've always wanted to do. I do different, vo- you know, I do several different characters in the show, and just the opportunity to be able to do all the different voices and all the different. Accents and characters and whatever just has just as I've told the guys many times, I'm just thrilled to be doing this. Awesome.
2: I'm not even sure
0: how many how many different voices you do in the show. <laughs> it's a lot. I, I don't at this point. I think it's well, they keep dying off, so I really don't. Know. I mean, I think it's I think it's four plus uh, the dog, mm. <laughs> uh, which is which is it seems to be one of the favorites that I do. Yes, I do the voice of of the uh, the bloodhound. Fair the howls and everything for it, but that's just a fun thing to do, but uh, as I said, this is just something that uh, I think more and more people should get involved with and listen to, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. because it is a a medium that, it's an old medium that's come back, and I have several friends, uh, actually, who are college kids uh, back east. Uh, who have emailed me and said, you know, can't wait for the next episode, love what it's doing, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, the interest is growing, and I just hope it keeps going.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And and I'd like to, one thought is uh, how, you know, you obviously had, uh, you talked about some of your short films, um, and you had a little bit of experience going into it. So uh, what did you bring to the audio format, or what did you think about moving to the audio format from other media?
0: Well, it's just, one thing as an actor it's a lot easier you know i can come in in a t-shirt and jeans uh i don't have to worry too much about you know is the hair right is the the face right have i lost any weight blah 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 i can just sit down on a microphone and as long as i've got a you know bottle of water and a good script then i'm happy as a as a clam basically i just you know and believe me these guys these scripts have been wonderful uh, I mean, the, having the advanced look before we actually recorded this last series, uh, the guys, the guys can tell you. I was champing at the bit for the scripts. I kept emailing them and calling them and saying, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" Um, but when it's well written and you, you know, you just give it a little bit of rehearsal, uh, not enough so that it's overdone, but enough so that it sounds fresh. Uh, this has been marvelous, and this has been probably. According to the other people that I've talked to, that have listened to it, they love it. They they they, they just can't wait for the next episodes.
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, Fred, to answer your questions. From from our point of view, mm-hmm. is um, we, we it's definitely something we struggled with at first. We we both had familiarity with the with the medium, but I don't think either of us had ever written anything purely for audio. And Jeremy can tell you how many times he rewrote mm-hmm. that first script, right? Oh yeah, to, to sit down even now to sit down and to start. Telling the story without any visual you know, backup, it, it takes a it takes a few passes right. on the first page to, to get it to, to click, and once it happens, everything everything's fine. But... It, it, yeah, it's, it's exercising different muscles, you yeah. know. You and and we changed through the season too. We, we were very conscious of what we're trying to accomplish and looking at what works and what doesn't. There was a point where in mid mid season where I was going back and listening to the old radio dramas and, you know, uh, Jeremy can tell you that I would I would call or I'd email all the writers and say, guys, look, uh, I was just listening to this and, and they did this and that's really cool. We should try that. We should do some of that. <laughs> You know, things like the way people tell stories within the old radio dramas, that, that there was a lot less set up, a lot more things, uh, scenes where someone would set it up and would narrate the entire scene. Like, you know, and then this old woman came up to me and she looked at me with these gray eyes and blah, blah, blah. And it was very descriptive. And it was very engaging, yeah. you know, so we would constantly uh, be reassessing what worked and what didn't.
1: Sure, and I, and one thing I did notice I just uh, reminded of when you said that is that you don't have a narrator you do use uh, only in-scene dialogue uh, to tell the story which is pretty impressive as well
2: Yeah, that was a conscious choice I, I toyed with a narrator but I wanted to see what we could get by without it I, I was afraid that a narrator would cause us to rely too much on exposition and I wanted mm-hmm. to see if we could pull it off In, in a lot of ways we, yeah. do, we do kind of construct this like a movie I mean, the sound effects work it is done, you know, to, to really, you know, paint the picture, and with, with the music and the interludes and all that. I, I, I approach it like editing together a movie, just without that, without that visual,
0: you know, link in the sure. timeline. So. And Hopefully even with, even there. without a even without a narrator, uh, when when things get tight, there's always you know Doctor Croak and talking to his tape recorder or trying to call uh, Sparrow, and uh, there that takes what little exposition we need usually comes across right there in the speech. So exactly.
1: And and so as uh, writers, um, how do you you just mentioned some other writers as well? Um, how how do you share that creative uh, workload?
2: Well, that that's kind of a fun one. Is I, I purposely when I originally when Jeremy and I were talking the idea around is. I I wanted to work with other writers, and I wanted to create sort of a writer's, like a TV writer's room. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do it virtually, and uh, so we started finding other writers, and we hold um, conferences using Skype, which is a voice-over IP technology, and so we just have these virtual writer room conferences where we break the stories, um, and we, you know, figure out all the beats, and then we make assignments to everyone and stuff like that. uh, Jeremy and I started with it first. Uh, it was the two of us. We, uh, I had the initial idea. Wormwood is kind of based on a town I grew up in, um, a, a town that actually has a granite quarry and everything. I just sort of gave it a dark twist. Um, and uh, uh, I think I had kind of pitched the, the the crow character, although I don't think he was as fully formed as he as he is now. Uh, just wanting to do something with kind of an occult detective. Um, Uh, Because that's something I've always wanted to play with. And then um, Jeremy helped me flesh it out, flesh out the stories. And then we started bringing in other writers once we had sort of a basic backbone. And uh, Jeremiah Allen was one of the first writers we brought in. He really helped us flesh it out. And then, you know, Rob Alsbaugh, Rick Beta, Tiffany Whitney. We've added all these writers. And, uh, you know, uh, they they have sort of a, a series Bible to work from. But we sit and we just throw stuff at the wall. We see what sticks. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody contributes and it's, it's really a lot of fun. It's, it's very much that collaborative experience that we were looking for. We um, get online for about four to six hours, you know, every, every other month, uh, we just sit there and start with, you know, episode one and just every beat that the show will have. And then yeah. somebody will call out, Ooh, I want that one. And mm-hmm. then we, we get that sealed and we move on to the next one. And then we go back and make sure that we're not missing any, any beats. And it's, it's great.
1: And so did you conceive of uh um, more or less the entire arc of uh the first uh season before you started actually writing the individual scripts
2: we had the um the basic frame in place yeah. in the beginning yeah there are details we we left ourselves room to to evolve to change, but we had a basic skeleton. we actually have a basic skeleton that extends through three seasons, but we we leave ourselves room we le- we're leaving ourselves room to you know change and adapt things as we go and we do we tweak it as we go you know but we do have a, a master plan in mind and we can start with that
1: uh, and so earlier you mentioned um, inner sanctum some of the classic uh, audio uh, drama uh, from the olden days um, and i see that on your website you have this you know stuff we like you from everything from lost High, highway to uh, raymond chandler you know tom waits um, haunted all kinds of uh, marvelous fiction uh, what are some of the uh, most key inspirations that um, led to wormwood's uh, devious creation <laughs>
2: You know, I uh I reference a lot of the old Hammer Studio stuff. Um, yeah. Uh tends to come up quite a bit. I really like the, the, the whole moody, atmospheric, slightly odd and wrong in a lot of ways. You know, just, just sort of uncomfortable vibe. I like to play with that when, when I'm writing and cutting things together. And H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, I think those are those are inspirations. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, there's more modern TV inspirations that really uh, appeal to me, stuff like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Carnival, right. uh, You know, The X-Files. Lost is a, is a huge inspiration, and somebody that's doing a serial story like that today. Um, uh, Twin Peaks, I, I often refer to this as my love letter to Twin Peaks, because that came on in the eighties and it was a show that was like nothing else on TV at the time. And I just fell in love with that, you know, that whole world. And so, um, know, yeah, those are definite influences for me, a lot of comic books and things like that. I mean, you know, it, it, because those really offered a lot of serial stories as well. So, so, um, yeah, d- those are a lot of the influences. And then as you mentioned, a lot of the old radio dramas and stuff like that, that we discovered, uh, all of that plays into it.
1: Excellent. And, uh, so, Rob, a moment ago, you were talking about um, just sort of how you've uh, heard a little bit of response and some positive response for the series. Uh, how else have you guys, in general, have you gone about uh, marketing the show or uh, finding an audience for Wormwood?
0: Uh-huh. I know for me, I just tell all my friends I'm with uh, a theater company and uh, anybody that I can talk to. You know, I I, I have little postcards. They have the Wormwood postcards, which I leave on buses and and in restaurants and things like that just for people to pick up. But um, most of it is just uh, word of mouth. Or in my case, we have a major MySpace page, but Wormwood has one and I have one. And every time an episode comes up, I just, you know, all of my friends just get the message saying, guys, it's coming up, please listen. uh, You know, just building up an audience, mostly it's just, you know, word-of-mouth audience, and I know it's building because we're getting responses from all over the world of people that love it. It seems that uh, people in... um, where is it in the United Kingdom and Australia? Just love us. Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we do we do have people um, all over uh, that we're finding, and yeah, Rob is right. A lot of it's word of mouth. We're very um, we a lot of it is uh, using the web to spread it via you, you, word of mouth. Um, various uh, sites, you know, the social networking sites and things like that, also forums um, and stuff like that, and um, that's mainly what we've done. We have. Uh, I think when we launched the, um, the series, we, we brought a bunch of postcards and CDs down to um, the San Diego uh, Comic-Con International, the big comic book convention and pop culture uh, convention down in San Diego. And so we kind of tried to just start spreading the word there. Um, uh, and uh, But, yeah, we haven't done any sort of traditional advertising or anything like that. It's really been just grassroots marketing of just spread it as far as we can on the web and see who will find it.
1: Oh, and I think that's another thing that's indicative of what the web has done and how it's sort of transformed and opened up the playing field. I mean, uh, obviously, people talk about that with filmmakers, but here it is happening for audio. And uh, so when you when you guys were going together um, and pulling together the cast, uh, what uh, where did you start finding those people? Obviously, you get, you're you in an area where you have um, a lot of resources. Uh, did you pull people that you'd worked with uh, for film projects or did you go looking uh, to the general community?
2: Uh, Here, yeah, I we uh, we posted a few ads um, on a couple of different sites, and just didn't we do Craigslist? Wasn't that one place? Craigslist, right? I think but we did Mandy. dot com,
0: and um, the they they found stores. they they found me in a uh, in a uh, uh, next to a dumpster near a laundromat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I feel good about that too. You yeah,
0: got me back on track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well. You know, we we down and out actor laying wow. around just being <laughs> silly. Be no, actually, I—I I, mine was, I think, um, yeah, mine may have been Craigslist too. I don't remember exactly where I found it. Yeah, yeah. we posted anywhere. We post for free.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> but we got a lot of, lot of really good responses, and we broke up the, um, the audition process. Um, we did some of it in my apartment in Hollywood, and we did the rest of it online. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So I it, never even met until that first recording session.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, in general, um, how do you think that there is an impact of, uh, working out of LA on the show directly, um, as far as those kinds of resources or, uh, in what other ways do you think location has played, uh, affected how you've gone about doing this?
2: I think we definitely have more resources in LA in terms of just casting, you know, I mean, there's so many people there who want to act and who want to do stuff and who have downtime in between other projects mm-hmm. and, uh. And I think that we in, in our films and, and now in this have always offered something where, you know, pretty meaty roles for actors, yeah. fun stuff to do. And so I think we benefit from that. I don't doubt that you could do it in any town in the U.S. I just think that we maybe had a better, uh, you know, a um, uh, more experienced group to pull from, you know. I mean, look at Rob. Look at these other guys. I mean, fantastic actors, and uh, absolutely just love. Uh, um, you know, they just love what they're doing, and they're more than happy to come and you know spend eight hours yeah. on a Sunday, you know, uh, sitting here and just recording this stuff. You know, I think they. Li- I think it's it's fun because it's it, it, like Rob said, it is less demanding than the film. Uh, business, too, so it almost seems a little bit more fun. I think, you know, friendships are forming. I mean, I think everybody gets along really well. It's really fun. There's 13 people are recording
0: days. One of the things that that did happen, which isn't really <laughs> astonishing, but it was rather pleasant, was that we, as we said, we got together our first session. We'd never met any of these people. Well, a couple of us had I, one of the other cast members is a good friend of mine, but we all got together. We did not have a lot of rehearsal. Time, You know, a lot of us had gotten our scripts early, of course, had read through and everything, but we all jumped into this first time, um, sitting down at the microphones and and getting ready, and for some reason, uh, and I'm very happy it happened, it clicked. We all just sort of clicked together, became a a, a very, one day became a very close-knit family. And uh, because of the fact that uh, we have actually only had, I mean, I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but we've only had three days of recording time. We did, we're doing eight episodes at a time. Even though we've only actually been together three days, we are all like like a, a theater troupe that's been together for an entire summer or something. We all feel really close to each other, and you know we talk to each other, all, you know, off, uh, you know, when we're not recording, and say hi, and try to get together, which hasn't really happened. But we just feel so organized. These guys did such a great job at putting this together. Uh, it is so organized as, as an actor and, and being probably the oldest member of the cast um, and having done some of these before. This is probably one of the most organized. Uh, uh, groups and organized i didn't say theater group but uh, <laughs> voice group that
1: I've ever yeah, worked so. with uh, yeah. and and speaking of that uh you know organization process i guess uh, Getting, that may be one of the secrets of recording so much in advance probably has helped you out uh, releasing so regularly. Uh, what is, how do you handle that workload of getting everything ready and releasing it on such a rigorous schedule for yourselves?
0: Uh, it's been trickier
2: than we thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we uh, yeah, we do record eight at a time. And then Jeremy and I divide the workload. Uh, uh, I think in the earliest stages, uh, I think, you know, he did two in a row at some point, but we settled into a groove where we're doing each doing one uh, at a time. So each of us has a two week great, you know, two week period in which to um, uh, edit the next uh, show. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And uh, basically, yeah, we, we, we sit down there, we have the music, we have a, a uh, uh, repository of, of some of the, this, you know, so that we have some of the same sound effects that we have to reuse over Mm -hmm. and over again. But generally speaking, we're each on our own. we have, Jeremy and I work together in a lot of different things, and so we've got similar sensibilities, and we kind of know what we want out of the show. So I notice little nuances that are different in the edit mm-hmm. um, each, each week, but I doubt anybody else could pick up on it too right. much. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we basically, we know how the, you know, we have the intro and outro stuff, and that all is solid, and then it's just uh, laying, down the, mm-hmm. laying down the audio.
1: Well, wow. and so that, that led to another question: Was um, as far as sound effects go, uh, are you primarily using uh, stuff that's already pre-recorded, or are you uh, f- uh, creating some, or how are you handling all
2: that? We brought a guy in um, at the start of the season to um, um, create a, a library of sound effects for it. Oh, that's, that's probably our base, and then everything right. else that we need, any sort of specialized sound effects that we need to put together, we'll, we'll just get online and, and, and find a source for it. Yeah, and also we do we will record some stuff. I know I've recorded keys jingling myself, stuff like that. So there are cases where there are small sound effects papers rustling easier for me to just quickly, you know, put on a mic and just create the sound effect and, and, and then load it up. So it's kind of a mix of everything. Some of it's original sound effects, some of it was created for us by uh, a guy that we had brought in, and, uh, and some of it is just online libraries or CDs that we own already. Or uh, just somebody
0: sitting there barking like a dog. Oh,
2: exactly. Or getting one of our actors to play a dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And a- another highlight of Wormwood is the music. Um, the score is just marvelous. And how ha- how did you uh, go about getting that component?
2: Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's actually a good one. Uh, one of our one of the writers that I brought on, which is a, who is a good friend of mine named Rob. Uh, we we were uh, we were all talking about uh, music and everything, and he thought, "Well, you know, we we had, we worked with a couple different composers on a couple of our films." We thought about each of them, and then at about that same time, um, you know, uh, my friend Rob Allspot, he uh, said, okay, I've got this guy, Todd, who's a composer. And uh, I said, okay, great, Uh, get me in contact with him. Let's see what he can do. And I had him do a a, a sample track uh, for us, like, you know, 30 seconds of just, here's, I think I said to him, here's what we want to do. Uh, here's the kind of sound we're looking for. Jeremy threw in some input as well, and we just sent that off to him, and then he sent us back like 30 seconds, and uh, I think we both just loved it. And, so the uh, music was great. At, at first, it it seemed a little strange because it wasn't exactly what I was what I was thinking at first. But it never is, just A couple right. of listens to it. It's I mean it's it's excellent music. I mean, it's the yeah. kind of stuff that I will listen to without without the show right. mixed in. I mean it's just, just great stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have got a couple requests for to if we're going to make a CD of that
1: music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Uh yeah, absolutely uh, just one of those things. It just has that great, you know, series uh quality again to it. Um and so after you've been doing this for a little while, now that you're um a good ways through the first season, uh is working in audio living up to uh sort of your expectations you had in the beginning? Now, honestly, what what's
2: surprising me is the amount of work that it's actually taking. I Kind of thought this was going to be a lot more leisurely of, of a project you know writing a couple episodes record a you know record one day and then just cut things together but it, it's really almost like a full-time job um yeah. it, it, it's a lot more demanding to to get it together to where we think it's right before it goes out than, than what i initially thought it was going to be you know coming from coming from the film background thinking oh we cut out that entire aspect and it'd be a breeze but it's 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 tough work yeah but it's, it, it's, it's rewarding wild. work i mean i Yes. I think every episode that's gone online has just been more than worth the effort. Yeah. 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 I, I think yeah. Pleasant Surprises is just how how embraced it, it, it has been and, and, and how people really respond to us being able to put out a full product that's complete and online, and that's kind of really what I was hoping for. and it, it really seems to be working out that way, that people are really getting into it and they want to know. I told Jeremy, I was joking because I had – I think around episode 19 or 20, I had put the wrong file online. <laughs> and within about 10 minutes of putting the wrong file online, I got an email from someone in the U.K. telling me that I had put the wrong file on <laughs> They were waiting for the correct file. Awesome. And, and, and I thought that was great. I mean, I, I love that. <laughs> I think the challenges are what I mentioned earlier. Uh, the surprises are what works and what doesn't. Um, uh, there are times where the script to me seems good and solid. The actors do a great job with it. And then I get it into the editing suite and I'm, and I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, wow, you know, that didn't quite work the way I'd hoped it would, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. And other times uh, I'm surprised at how wonderfully it works, but there definitely is a learning, uh, it's definitely a learning experience in what can work with audio, what can't. And like I said before, we're constantly like reassessing, okay, let's try this. Let's try that. Um, you know, Jeremy's been very uh, 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 interested in pushing the medium to see what we can do with it, you know. And uh, uh, there are definitely some surprises there, but I think uh, for the most part we've kind of come up with something, you know, that we're happy with.
1: And uh, so after doing all this, do you think you're going to uh, do more audio theater in the future?
2: Well, I think right now we're in the middle of planning season two. Um, We're working with all the writers, and there's a lot of activity going on with that right now, a lot of ease forum postings, and we're going to have a meeting very soon. Um, and so there's a lot of excitement about that. We've got some good stuff planned. I know Rob uh, can't wait
0: to get his hands on the next set of scripts. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I, 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 I'm i looking forward to the next season uh, a lot, to wow. <laughs> put it that way. I'm getting psyched for it. I'm wearing my uh, Wormwood T-shirts <laughs> whenever possible, because there is the merchandising, which uh, I, I went a little – I went a little crazy with the merchandising when it first came out. As the guys know, I bought, like, everything that's on there, and I wear – I have a a computer bag, and I wear the shirts and everything. That's my sort of uh, way of advertising, but it's also the way that I just – I love the show so much and love working on it. I mean, if these guys do anything else afterwards, I would, like, you know, please keep my my picture and name on file, (laughs) or at least my voice on file (laughs) as an actor. But, you know, work is nice, and this is lovely. Yeah, it, it's
2: funny, too. He says that, but he really did show up to the second recording session wearing a Wormwood shirt, a Wormwood hat, and carrying a Wormwood bag slung over his shoulder. So
0: Excellent. And I... I, I
2: is one of our biggest boosters, you know. The cast is all very excited about it. They're wonderful. Rob, especially, has just been one of those guys who has just been so supportive of the whole of the whole effort from the beginning. <laughs> he, he, he linked in with our uh, um, uh, sensibilities right away and knew what we were trying to do and was so excited to, to do it. You know, well, like
0: I said, being being a, a an old an old uh, you know radio show fanatic, this was the closest thing I think I will ever come to those, you know, the bygone days of the Orson Well and the uh, you know, suspense theater and all those things. And, and believe me, I, I, I appreciate the fact that somebody is doing this uh, for somebody like me who you know, relies on my voice for so many things. And to get a chance to, to use it and to use it in varying ways with the different characters and everything is just a joy. Yeah. yeah. And
2: to finish up with that question, season two, we also have a season three um, uh, idea planned. Uh, and, and we've actually talked about spinning off into other things and doing other things. Uh, no, no concrete plan here. That's a little far off for us. I mean, as Jeremy said, it, it, it really is like a full job. So, doing seasons two and three, each 24 episodes apiece, um, is going to take us. That's probably going to, you know, be the only audio that we can really focus on for for the foreseeable future. But you know, that 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 should that should last us for a while. But I, I could see us continuing on with audio in some form. It's really been a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: sure. And and has it kind of uh, shelved your uh, video work while you're doing the audio stuff? Or Are you still doing some of that too?
2: Well, honestly, uh, we started uh, production on this one as we went into post-production on our most recent short film. So we've had a little bit of time to, to really devote to this. So we haven't really put that on hold, but we just found that great window to not have to worry about film work. For yeah, now. yeah, we have our third short film is, is, is uh, 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 you know, being... Uh, uh Right now, there's a website for that, um, thehollywoodinformant.com, and that's got a trailer up and everything so you can see that. But, uh, yeah, I think in in 2008 we do have some other, uh, uh, you know, film production ideas uh, uh, that we're working towards. But uh, but we definitely want to keep focused on, uh, you know, getting out Wormwood because that really is, you know, that's really been just a very fun, a very... uh, uh, very good experience, creative experience, I think, for all of us. So I don't think anybody wants to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a good thing having two of us here. Um, you know, there's we could easily split up duties, and nothing sac- yeah. there's nothing sacrificed because of that. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And- Our
2: writers also have grown, you know, into their roles, and uh, you know, they're starting to take a little more ownership of some of the characters and wormwood and stuff like that. So it makes us feel more comfortable that we have like a solid base to rely on you know, to, to get the scripts out and everything like that. So that, that's
1: been really nice, too. Right. Well, as both a fan and someone who appreciates what you're doing from the audio uh, culture point of it, um, I think it's, it's awesome to hear that and I uh, very much anticipate uh, Seasons 2 and possibly 3. And uh, can you uh, give us any little teasers of, as to what's uh, going to happen, uh, both in the conclusion of uh, Season 1 and what we're going to experience soon?
2: Well, um, yeah, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we took a little holiday hiatus, but starting on the 1st, which this may be out after that, but uh, we have the beginning of what I'm calling our three-part season finale, episodes 22, 23, and 24. Uh, This is going to give you the climax of of Rachel and Jacob's story. We're going to find out what happened to Rachel Nolan. Uh, You will find out why Xander Crow was uh came to wormwood you will you will get an answer on that awesome. <laughs> you will find out some truths about Hank mason and uh uh you'll find out wha- why drexel is so obsessed with coffee
1: oh. <laughs> that's, a good, that's that is a good question to answer you've awesome. got you've got all of awesome. that and, awesome. and,
2: and and i i i think we've done a very we've done a good job i hope we've done a good job um uh, the audience will be the judge but um of, of answering the biggest questions while opening up a lot more questions for season two so i can't say that everything is going to be you know answered completely but i think we we give you those answers that i mentioned and, and uh and, you know and we really tee up some really interesting questions that will take us into season two and beyond
1: Oh, marvelous and um, by the time that people will be listening to this, um, I believe that episode 22 will be out, episode will 23 will be coming out very shortly, and the fourth will be coming out just the weekend after that. And if you haven't uh, had the chance to hear Wormwood yet, by all means, WormwoodShow.com and, and go download it and uh, give yourself a treat. Uh, as soon as you, by the time you hear the 10 minutes in the first episode, you will uh, be downloading the rest onto your uh, MP3 player of choice and uh, not stopping from there on out. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I, and let us know uh, what you think, people. <laughs> oh, definitely.
1: definitely. I, I Drop love we love Drop to, hear to hear from
2: people, you know?
1: <laughs> well, uh, David, Jeremy, Rob, thanks so much for uh, both for taking the time to uh, talk with us today and to uh, do your work. It's absolutely marvelous. Uh, I know that uh, I'm a huge fan, and hopefully, many more people become fans after hearing some of this. And uh, stay tuned. they will stay tuned for more and uh, keep doing it. We love it. <laughs> Thank uh, you
2: very much. It, Fred, thank you very much for having us on. I mean, uh, it's great that you're out there, kind of promoting these shows and finding these things. And it's great to see that there are people that love audio drama and, and you know uh, anything from the old time radio stuff to the modern stuff. I think it's great, and I hope you know I hope that this is something because of podcasting that you know really comes back into you know as a as a valid storytelling format because we really see that it is. And you know, I, I, I you know it's great that people are out there promoting awesome. that. and thanks a lot. Really appreciate. it. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. Thank you.
1: Yes, and again, that was uh, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers, the producers of the audio mystery serial Wormwood, along with Rob Greenlinger, the multi-talented voice actor, <laughs> also a dog. <clears throat> what you should do right now before you get the chance to get distracted is to go to www.wormwoodshow.com. Wormwood, like the key ingredient in absinthe, and uh, download some episodes of this thrilling mystery tale. You'll get as hooked as I am. Whether you are um, an audio theater fan already, uh, you probably are if you listen to this show, but if you like shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Lost, even CSI, any sort of uh, ongoing uh, television serial, this is totally going to be up your alley. Uh, Regardless of the medium, it's just TV without that boring part taken away, the pictures. (laughs) Uh, And then next time, we are going to take things to yet the next level with a thrilling tale from the world-class Crazy Dog Audio Theater. The story is The Salmon of Blackpool, a gritty noir drama about an Irish writer who was sent home to Cork to record the biopic of a fallen Irish screen star. A feel-good story... But there's nothing to feel good about, it turns out, in real life. This will be, as far as I know, the first American broadcast of this stunning, stunning, spectacular story, uh, audio movie. Really, it's uh, amazingly cinematic in scope. It will run for the next four shows. That's the rest of January, only here on Radio Drama Revival, radiodramarevival.com. Of course, if you are in the Portland area or feel like uh, listening to WMPG, uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursdays, you can do that at wmpg.org. If you can't wait till next week, would call you can always check up on our previous episodes at the podcast and blog www.radiodramarevival.com. You can read more audio theater news. You can read reviews, discussions, as well as subscribe to the weekly show. And if you prefer, check us out on the iTunes Store. Do a search for Radio Drama Revival, and that wraps it up for this week's show. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.